Howdy folks, and welcome to the Esoteric Gaming Podcast. This is a weekly podcast detailing some of our insights and opinions into the industry of gaming. I am Per, and with me as always, I actually only have one co-host, so it's not as always, I guess, <laughs> but I have my co-host Lex, uh, you could call him the original gangster co-host because he was my first we did in the old podcast um but unfortunately des did come down with the winter flu so des is taking a well-deserved break from the podcast this week as we get to discuss some topics and maybe we'll just like maybe we'll just like discuss some sort of technology topic that we both want to discuss and in lieu of him or something (laughs) um but yes, with me, I got Lex tonight, and we got some great, great conversations on the horizon for you tonight, or today, or this morning, or whenever you decide to listen to the podcast. Um, so today, I'm going to start our conversation off with a look into the world of The Division. Uh, so for those that don't know, The Division and The Division 2, Tom Clancy's The Division, uh, was sort of like on the heels of the MMO looter shooter sort of genre and that kind of like it's kind of heyday it had with like Destiny and all those games coming out at the same time. So, um, yeah, there's just kind of an interesting conversation to be had about where's the Division 3 and what's going to be happening with the future of the series and franchise as a whole, which is quite fascinating, really. And then after that, we actually have a pretty... Don't worry, we're not going to get into like, we're not going to become like crypto NFT podcasters. (laughs) Um, But Lex brought it to the light. It's actually a pretty recent topic with regards to CryptoZoo and essentially games that really aren't games, (laughs) a large in part. And so we're going to be discussing kind of the debacle that is CryptoZoo and sort of the unfoldings of the recent videos that have come to light because of uh, because of this topic. So, yeah, without further ado, let's take an esoteric dive into the world of gaming. So, yes, for those that are wondering, um, our topic for tonight is... It's kind of been on the radar. There was an article released, actually, by... Uh, a I don't know them, but it was released probably in July uh, by a company by the name of Alt Char, Alt Character. I guess that's probably no, how you pronounce uh, yeah, it. Probably Alt Char. Yeah, yeah, Alt, yeah. Alt, Alternative. We're, gonna, we're gonna call it that for for this discussion, and then they can, <laughs> Alt they, they can come back and tell us. Alt Charizard. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I was watching a podcast where a guy was talking about Waxahachie, and I'm like, I've no family from there. It's like, it's, it's walks at you. Know, it's just when somebody gets that wrong, you're just like, <laughs> you twitch. It just drives you crazy, but it's such, so irrelevant to the rest of the story. It doesn't yeah. matter, but it's still frustrating. Yeah. No. And so essentially the topic really was around the title of the topic was, will the division three be happening anytime soon? And this is quite fascinating really because of a few things. Now I actually have a series of tabs open on my screen here that I just want to kind of read for you Lex in terms of kind of what's been happening. So let me ask you this before we even get started. How much do you know about the division two or division in general? Yeah, this is, this is a genre that I could care less about, honestly. Um, <laughs> Tell like us this, how you this, really this, feel. <laughs> no, this, this is one of those things where you and I like differ more than any of sure. our gaming habits. Uh, one, I've I've said it before. Anybody knows I have no reflexes, so these games are just like okay. It, it's okay. It's literally like it's literally like kicking me in the ass every time I play it. It's it's horrible. But more than anything else, uh, and I, and this is what I'm going to challenge you on. What you're talking about, Division Three. Okay, so they've already been two versions of this derivative product. Why would we need a third? And there's, sometimes there's answers for that, right? But, oh, okay. But I'll but answer that. like. Because one of those things that, like, if the game is really good, people will often want a second one. But then it's like, what's the third one going to give you? Like, and, and particularly for this type of genre, right? Because if it's if it's Dark Souls, I'll give you an example of a game. Each Dark Souls has a slightly different experience to it, right? And so you're just sort of, it's the same basic concept. You're playing a different world. You're experiencing different things. So there is some evolution of the design over time. Shooters to me are just, I look at them and I'm like, I don't even know. Like, have they all seen the same to me at this point? And so, you know what? There was a, there was somebody that said recently, I forget who it was. It was I forget how a video I was watching about why sequels are successful. You know, why sometimes 
sequels are more successful than their predecessor. And it really is that idea of you take, you have to take a healthy dose. Cause I think often with sequels is a lot of people are like, okay, let's just try to re reinvigorate. Like they try to like reinnovate the entire concept. Right. And I dare say, Lex, you would be very happy to know. And it's funny. I was on the drive home today. I was thinking about this. There's two things about this game that I think you're going to really love. And it's, it's a game that you're, it's funny because I talk about looter shooters and I talk about shooting and all this jazz and you might be cringing to some degree, but I dare say it sticks out of the fold. It really does because of two things. It's not reflex heavy. It's not. It's not a game where you have to have like twitch fingers. No, it's, and here's the second reason why. It's very much a game about numbers. It's a numbers game. It's, it's very much, a, it is as true blue as the looter shooter can be. It is I would say it's the quintessential looter shooter genre, genre game that's out there today. And the best part about this, Lex, and you say, so you, you ask the question, why do we need a third? It's because we all want a third. <laughs> you might be like, what do you mean by that? Because it's, it's a terrible answer. No, and I'll explain. The Division One, the Division One was set in the streets of New York City. And it was, it was very good, but there was a heavy criticism, a very, very heavy criticism about the game being just like beautiful scenery. And it's the classic, it's the classic we've all heard before. Beautiful scenery, beautiful map, all this, but the content inside the game itself is dry, right? It's just dry. There's nothing there, right? Now enter stage left to division two. And I dare say it's, it is probably the quintessential case study for a game that listened it took so it started in the streets of washington dc so you're down in the streets of washington dc doing doing exactly the same kind of concept you're shooting and you know so they didn't really take away that they added a whole bunch of new gadgets to the game just chalker blocked full of content like we are talking like every street i dare say it's like a starbucks every street has a starbucks every street corner has something going on and and i dare say funny enough they might have gone too far with it to some degree and being like okay whoa 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 back back up we have too much content now (laughs) there's too many things to do um so for for once and 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 it's really cool they they innovated about on a whole swack of new concepts like for instance the ai in the game is fantastic like like they flank you like if they know you're if they know you're by yourself, they'll try to flank you and all number of things. It's really innovative. Um, and it's just a really cool game. It, it really is something special. Um, and so for the first time ever, I really do think that they they hit the nail on the head so hard with The Division 2 being such an amazing game. It really was. There's, I can't speak ill of this game. I cannot because they did everything correct, right? And so you might be asking yourself, well, Pear, why do you want a Division 3? Because the thing is, what they did, get this. So they made the Division 2, right? Washington, D.C., all that. But then they, I don't know what, I don't know, uh, maybe I do, but I I, I I don't know it for the sake of the podcast. Um, I don't know a game developer company out there that essentially doubles the size of their game in, in a DLC. And that's what they did. So not only did we have Washington, D.C., but they went back to New York. So they, they doubled the size of the game map pretty much doubled the size of the content in, in a single DLC. So you're pretty much buying a second game. In... Well, then what, then what do you need a 3-4? Why not better DLCs? So is the engine hit its limit? It. Yeah, here's where I go with it. it. And this is the quintessential problem. And I think a lot of people don't understand this and, and are not getting this from Destiny. So, um, and maybe you can relate to this, maybe you can't. And I feel like we're going way off topic here, but I'll, I'll quickly go off topic. Oh, so anybody can skip over this if you want to skip over this a little bit, what I'm about to say here. But um, Division 2, great game. But it was like it was like a rusty, it was like a, it was like a house whereby they stuffed all the stories, like all the, the campaign in a dusty old attic, right? And they were like, okay, we want to re, we want to, um, uh, put some renos on the house, right? We want to do some renovations in the house. Oh, but we can't do that because we got this rusty old attic up top full of that, junk. This happened. This happened to Crusader Kings two, uh, which is to me is Crusader Kings two is the ultimate example of an amazing sequel. That frankly, the only reason they needed to do Crusader Kings three was they had just hit the limit. They, as I said, they hit the limit of what they could do with the engine they had. 
And so I, I buy that, right? That yeah. maybe you, you get to this certain point and you've built all this stuff and you get up one day and you're like, what would I do differently? And, and, and you know, I've gone through software rebuilds, did one recently that was basically a ground up rebuild of, a, of something that needed to be rebuilt at work. We, we went and did it and it was quite a challenge. And it was necessary because the underlying infrastructure of the thing I was working on, I just reached its limit. I couldn't go any farther with what we had. So is that what's going on here? Well, like here's just... the biggest issue with uh, not division. I don't know about division. I'm going to say no, this is not happening for division, but maybe that it is happening and they're just not saying it. But with Destiny 2, essentially what happened was they said the game's getting too big. Like it's just getting too big. And so a bunch of sore, sore losers or like, oh, they, they vaulted, like they removed this content I paid for. And I no, think... that's not, no, I don't, that's never sore loser. If I paid for it, you take it away from me, I'm going to be unhappy. Here's where I go with it. Here's where I go with it. Is, are you playing the con, like, you, you paid for the opportunity to play the content, right? And are you playing the content currently? That's where I would go with it. Here's, mm. yeah, like if, um, I can think of like a few examples, but like, Here's the thing, if they take away content and then bring in new content that's like spectacular and all this jazz, I'm not too sore about it, right? Like if they all of a sudden, it, because it's because it is, a, and I think this is something, and I understand your perspective, but I would say that this is something that live service games are going to have to, are going to have to, and are currently trying to reconcile with, right? And I mean, we're going to do a subject about uh, sequels that aren't really sequels, aka Warzone 2 and Overwatch 2, Overwatch especially, right? And I mean, it's so it's this example where you have this live service game and it's kind of they're shrugging being like, okay, what's next, right? Like, how do you, and the worst of it is, is like, I think it also boils down to really poor marketing to some degree, right? Where it's kind of like, like Overwatch 2 example. Man, we're way off topic now. <laughs> Overwatch 2 example, you know, they Overwatch 2, well, it's just Overwatch 1 with just a few, like, not much, right? Like, you could have easily put that in an update, but you decided to make Overwatch 2, and it's, like, exactly that, the same thing. That happens a lot, and, and I'm does okay it? with I, it. I can't. It actually does. No. Yeah, the, you're um, right. I just there are, there are a number of games. I mean, there's a number of games. One that jumps out to me is a lot of the, like, versions of the XCOM games that have undergone, you know, if you oh, look yeah. at the law, okay. if you look at the original XCOM game, like, XCOM 2, the, the Terror from the Deep is just almost a reskin, harder version of XCOM. Like, it, it happens. <laughs> and then XCOM 2 had some of the same kinds of things where you have the underlying game engine concepts and you just added a little bit on top of it. it it's it, In some ways, those are the best sequels. Like, I, I actually think that that's how you make a good sequel. You don't, like, I, I think a lot of companies, when they try to go really different with the concept, fail. And, and lose sight of whatever it was that made the original thing so good. And yeah. keep in mind, I mean, I'm, I, this is, I'm turning an old man here, but it's like, <laughs> it, like chess, but I, I enjoy watching people play chess. I enjoy playing chess sometimes. This is a game that has not changed in a very long time. Now they've, they have modifications to the game of chess, let's be fair. And they've changed how they, how they do it in tournaments and things. But chess does not undergo major changes every two days. What are you kidding? It has it's, tons it's, of DLC. <laughs> the thing is, it doesn't need it, right? That I'm really, if I've really become, and maybe just like I said, this is old man thing. Good concepts are timeless, right? Sometimes you have to remaster a game because you just can't play it. Like I've one of the games I pull out every few years is a game called Mission Force Cyberstorm. I dare you to, you have to go on a GOG and find this thing. Like, it's old, right? And it's just, the, it's a game that for some reason sticks to me and I play years later. And I play it on Iron Man mode because that's the only interesting way for me to play it. And it reached the point where it was getting harder and harder to find a platform it would actually play on. Because it was written for very old operating systems. So one of the things like GOG has done is gone out and, like remade a lot of old games so you could play them on modern systems. And I've got four or five games that just old games, right? And, and not to get completely off topic, but I want to kind of return it to the topic. You are waiting for division three. What are you waiting for? 
And you know what? I think maybe the what you're saying about Division 3 is maybe a misstep in what I'm waiting for. Really, I am waiting for more. Like, it's sort of like, it's like you gave me an appetizer and I was like, or you gave me a meal and the meal was okay, but it wasn't great, right? It was kind of lacking in some areas. So then I was like, I, I talked to the chef, the chef went away and then gave me just an absolutely fantastic meal. And I'm like, oh, do this again. Like, do this again, because it was so great, right? And so I think that's what I'm waiting for, is I'm waiting for the next kind of piece of content. And I mean, like, I'm not, here's the thing, I'm not some sort of fanboy or any number of things. Like, I'm not, like, just, I'm not just, like, twiddling my fingers nervously waiting for things. That's, like, you know, it make, like, just, make it just, in your own just, good time. And here's where it but, goes. But, but, but just back it down a little bit. I'm not saying that. Just what is it that you take the game you love, because I can tell you enjoy it. What is it that you want? Like, what is what excites you about this? Just more, what, just more and, and of everything that they've done. This art, in this article, that's sort of going. What what caught you about the article? Is it the fact that they don't even know it's being made? Is it just the fact that it might be being made? Like, what is well, what's catching your eye? Here, let's let's go through kind of the the history of events that have kind of happened. And, it's, and don't worry, it's not a long story. But essentially, what happened was. Oh, don't don't tell me history. We, I'm we, I'm the only one allowed to do that in this segment. <laughs> <laughs> The division, the division two, uh, it came out. Um, what year did it come out? It came out in on March fifteenth, twenty nineteen, and it was like a happy surprise. It really was. I was like, oh wow, like great, and we played it. Fantastic, great game. It was wonderful. Like everything was improved upon, and then some. They gave us more gadgets, more enemy factions. Like the cool thing is, is you talk about like how do you how do you take something like the same and make it interesting? And I think they really did. Um, they really took some really cool factions and made some new things to the game, which were really, really interesting. Um, and so they did. So that was that. And it kind of went cold until they came out with the update for uh, the Division 2 being the Warlords of New York expansion. And like I said, it was well-loved. Like People just absolutely loved the expansion. It was fantastic. It did everything right. And the, the, the final like endgame mission, like it's a very mission-oriented game. Uh, the final mission was absolutely fantastic. Like just stellar story. That's probably one example of really great storytelling. And then it kind of uh, like reasonably so and understandably so it kind of just went quiet, right? It went quiet and there really wasn't anything happening, which is unfortunate because they treated this game like sort of a, like a live service game, right? That we were kind of expecting there was going to be more, and that's, I think, one of the biggest problems with live service games in today's world is you get these publishers that like almost like strike lightning in a bottle. And then they're just like, oh, crap, we actually now have to make this a live service game when we never really meant for that to be the case. And that's kind of the case with The Division. So the so the expansion for Warlords 2 came out on March 20th, or, uh, March 2022, 2020, my pardon, sorry. And so that essentially was like a year-ish, eh, just under just under a year uh, between the two expansions. And then after that, though, it was like pretty much a year of nothing. Like it was a year of something, but it wasn't like a year of any substantial meat, if that makes sense. Like, and so there was a message. There was a message from the Division 2 team on February 12th, 2021. So this is pretty much almost just under a full year after the last content release. And during this period of time, it was kind of on what we could consider to be life support, really. It was kind of like, yeah, we got a few bits and bobs of content here and there, right? Like, it's almost like they had a live team, right? You know how, like, game devs have, like, live teams now? It felt like the live team. We were under the support of the live team. And I, I wasn't playing the game at this time. Uh, at this time, I think I would have been pretty heavy into squad, but... Um, so that's that. And then, so it, it was kind of like the message The message on February 2021 essentially was, we hear you, we're, we're doing things. <laughs> it, the quote was, while it's, too, while it's still too early to go into more details today, you, you won't have to wait too long as we still have more to share. Right? So that was the quote. Now we tune up to, uh, so that was February. Now we go to March of that same year. And it really was kind of like a, <laughs> it was sort of like uh we still don't know <laughs> it was like we have some ideas and we have some thoughts but we really don't know necessarily where we're taking things 
And then let's fast forward to July of, I guess, technically speaking now, it's last year. So 2022. So you could think of it as this year, but it's it's last year. Um, and essentially, they were saying that it's like, we're now working on the next year of content for the Division 2, right? And it's so weird. It is so weird because that's why we're asking, where is the Division 3? Because the content that they're popping out... It's not like we're not getting Warlords of New York, right? We're not getting some crazy wacky expansion. We're getting very insubstantial content. Like we're getting, uh, and, and to be fair, to say like insubstantial, I'll say it insubstantial with respect to Warlords of New York. Like Warlords of New York essentially doubled the size of the map. So maybe I am being a little bit testy when I say that. But like we haven't received terrible amounts um the things we did receive such a things were like the summit which is kind of a cool area as well as uh countdown which is also kind of cool i I played countdown and it's it's a lot of fun so it's two kind of new game modes now here's where it gets really fascinating though so so we have all this new cadence that's happening right so all of a sudden after almost a year now fair enough the pandemic's happening so i mean that could put a damper on things for sure it's unfortunate because it probably did put up damper on things software de- development went just fine during the pandemic yeah that's well, I... one that's actually one of the things that got developed that had almost no issues <laughs> like and so essentially the, yeah the, the amount of gaming that happened like i saw the numbers because you know that was something i was dealing with every day <laughs> and it was like the pandemic people became gamers oh it yeah became a thing. oh yeah and, 100%. and and of course software development can be done it can be done in many cases remotely I've worked, I've done remote work for lots of times. And so the, I, I don't think the pandemic would have slowed them down. If anything, it probably would have increased the revenue to the companies. Now, if anything that might've had a real effect, it would be in the last couple of years, uh, the industry is moving towards a, we've talked about it many times, moving to a model of heavy monetization, mobile application like that's that's where all the money that's where all the money get is, right? relaxed so, this is where that story is going <laughs> well that's the thing right when, whenever it, it the reality is is that almost all the large publishers this is the state of the industry are finding themselves feeling like they've got to invest in that type of gaming otherwise they're just throwing money away long term that's going to be fine i was there for the magic the gathering crash totally destroyed the board gaming industry and then it was like a fire just completely burned down the whole industry, killed many of the companies involved. And then all of a sudden, within three years, it was flourishing, right? And I would say the same thing is happening in the indie development, which is getting really, really good. But for the large publishers, you know, Ubisoft is not a small publisher. They're publishing a large game. I don't, I don't know the definition of AAA. But this feels like a AAA type game, but that's the it's, definition. It's AAA, yeah. Yeah, this is that's a definition you can get into, right? But anybody, <laughs> anybody that's making a AAA game, I, the reality is for the next few years until the players basically declare war, and just say I'm done, AAA gaming is going to have to monetize as heavily as humanly possible, and it's going any game that doesn't is essentially an expensive low an expensive game that's not going to make any money and that's just not going to fly that that's not going to happen until essentially there's a revolt where due to economic circumstances or player whatever where people just refuse to do it and then maybe you'll see some changes but yeah and maybe that's what you feel like is going on right maybe maybe division three is going to go through that monetization thing but you know if you're if you're a developer right now because i'm I went to their Wikipedia page and Massive Entertainment's got, they did an Avatar game and they've got some sort of Star Wars game. They did, they're, yeah, correct. Yeah, they're, they're dealing with some large properties. You, you can imagine where their time and money and resources are going into, at least where they, the Star Wars isn't what it used to be, but that's a whole conversation to be had. But, uh, you know, I I could see a lot of problems there. I'm, I, I'm just speculating. You might have some details on that, but... You know, from a gaming company's perspective, are they going to look at Division Three and go, "This is where we want to put our money"? Yeah, is that, is that what the, is it? Because it sounds like they they went into a they went into a mode on Division Two of making some content, and then they went into okay, now we're going to cash out what we have on it, and then it just kind of feels like they haven't decided to make another one. Well, and it just sort of talks. 
And so they did an update in October of 2021. So this is like one of the more recenter updates, I would say. Um, but there is actually like even a more more frequent update. But essentially it really was the idea of that they're now working on essentially two new games in the Division universe. And we're like, oh, oh my, my goodness. Like when I first heard about, uh, what was it? I first heard about Division Heartland. I was like, oh, sign me up. Like they were talking about that they're going to be, it's like going to be in rural America. Instead of like, like New York City or Washington DC, it's going to be like in rural America. And I was like, sick. That's awesome. Like doing something really, really like, you know, change, change the pace here. Um, what, increasing the amount of heavy weaponry that will be available on the battlefields? Oh, <laughs> you are yeah. talking about rural America. Yeah, yeah I got the joke. Um, <laughs> no, but so, but no, 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 no. This is, so this is not the division that we have all come to love and enjoy. This is a, get ready. Here's the quote. Uh, the Wikipedia article says, Tom Clancy's The Division Heartland is an upcoming free free to play <laughs> oh, there, there you go okay we could just <laughs> <start right> here. <laughs> yeah which, which basically means that it's going to be three oh dude times it's like i've seen I've, I've seen things about it and it looks like a freaking it looks like a freaking mobile game it really it's oh. not because here's the worst thing get ready get ready brace yourself tom clancy's the division resurgence Tom Clancy's The Division Resurgence is a free-to-play multiplayer third-person game on mobile. So they're making two games. So you might be asking yourself, Pear, why are you asking about where The Division 3 is? Because because it seems like it's it's almost like they've they've like closed their eyes and have a dart in their hand and are trying to hit a dartboard with something. They're like, why isn't it hitting? It's because you have a so it's funny that they've captured lightning in a bottle dare I say, albeit maybe one and a half times. Because the Division 1, funny enough, funny enough, the Division 1 got so many great content patches and so many great quality of life updates that actually there's a lot of like diehard Division 1 fans that hate the Division 2, even though the Division 1 was like criticized as being worse off than the Division 2. That's not unheard of. Some people prefer the first. They do. And so the thing though is, is we're left with this scenario here where essentially... So it makes me wonder, let's go back here a step, let's rewind. So we have this kind of like, now fair enough, like I said, pandemic, it's happening or what have you not. And I mean, you're right in what you just said there, but I would also maybe argue, Lex, to some degree, and I mean, this wasn't the case for me either, but I would, let me empathize here and say this much, that if you're a large company, a very, very, very large company, you move like a Titanic ship, right? Like, so if something if something hit like an, like an iceberg hit that ship, it's it's like all hands on deck, everybody to the lifeboats kind of thing. So it's very much like they have to restructure and figure out things fast. And so that might have been the case. Fair enough. But now all of a sudden we have this like, it's almost like they're like like the, they're like um, uh, they're spurring the horse essentially for the division, but they're spurring the horse in the wrong direction, right? Because now <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, like more. Con-. And the weird thing is, is they are delivering content for the division too. So they are making content. So to be fair, it's not like they're it's not like they've completely abandoned the division two, right? But I would I would ask the question, where's the money going? That's that's it. That's, that's my crux a, of the it only took us twenty seven minutes to get there, but that is it. Where's okay, the money going? <laughs> The money is going into things that are free to play and are going to monetize no, the no, absolute no. debt. Fair that's enough. where they're putting the money. No, yeah, that's... yeah, yes. No, they're putting the money. Uh, no, let me. Okay, let me rephrase that. Where is that money going? <laughs> well, you've already showed two products for slightly different markets, right? You've got Division Heartland, Heartland which is looks to be a console PC a game, PC, yeah. right? And then they've got a Resurgence. variation on it that's an end and a uh, a mobile game, right? Yeah. So, so essentially, then... that's that's what they're doing. They're creating, they're taking the entire market of gaming, and they're going free to play, and they're just going to basically make a game that's going to appeal to the whales, and you're going to get your butt kicked. Okay, so that's, let me ask that's you this. The game. So, but why? Okay, fair enough. Like, like I think we can both answer together (laughs) 
know, if you're like, if you're like, so why are you guys doing this money? No, no, no. Tell me why but, are you but, really but, di- doing this money? But, but it's a, it's a business, right? So yeah. here's the thing. Okay. I, I hate it, but it's an eminently rational decision. It is what they are, what they are doing in this industry is painful to watch. <laughs> very, un, very unpleasant. I have nothing to do with it. I cannot recall the last time I bought a AAA title. I'm sure I have. I'm just I think gonna I got buy the, it for you, Lex. We're gonna. I, I, th- I think I got the, the, <laughs> the most recent AAA tile that I that I bought was the remastered Mass Effect. That was it, and that's not even a new game, right? It's just a game I really love, and they they had a nice cheap price on it. And I guess if you consider Elden Ring to be a AAA game, then that's the one I got, right? And, and that probably fair because that's that sold a ton last year, but. <laughs> As was pointed out by uh, a YouTube video the other day, a very good one. Even though Elden Ring made as much money as it basically made Game of the Year, sold a lot. How I forget the exact much number. Did Elden yeah. Ring I think it's Ring make. You keep talking. I'm looking it up on Google. It's in the billion, which yen is yen is a conversion. You got to convert that to dollars. But I'm doing it now. Yep, I got it right. Whew, first try. Uh, so essentially, it made it made fifty six million. Yep. And so that's pretty good. Let's see here. How many years was it in development? Four years. So four years of development, give or take. Fifty six. And it years. made huh. it made a tremendous amount of money. But go look at like FIFA game last year how much money it made <laughs> or i think it, like FIFA genshin impact to make oh wait 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 wait, wait. This, yeah okay, you gotta is, be no, careful because FIFA, fifa is <laughs> like yeah that's so here's here's a number for you genshin impact averages one billion every six months genshin impact yep it's just a gotcha game and it's it can't cost anywhere near like the amount of effort that went into elden ring you cannot convince me that a game like Engine Impact spent as much time going, let's craft such a beautiful, amazing, beloved game. Like the amount of money involved in some of these games Ooh. versus the amount of effort had to be put Total into it. Total revenue stood. Wow. FIFA so, made. Total revenue stood at 1.7 billion. Yep. So just think about that, right? That these companies. Elden Ring was a product of a company that really put their heart into making a great product that everyone loves. Game of Year awards made tons of money and the best that the industry can produce made less money than some, you know, <sighs> the total amount of money being made with monetized free-to-play crap. And I think right? I, I think the big and, thing is then is really is and I mean, this is the reason we don't see, you know, well, we do, but I mean, there's people, let's go with this. There's people work, working actively in the industry to make it a better space. Like you said, the indie, the indie game market. And I mean, like the thing is, is here's a, to their credit. I mean, this is probably the first time, maybe not the first time, but I mean, this is a time of recent where we've talked about a game such as Division 2 that actually was fantastic. Like it really was like, like story driven. Like it just was like, wow, like this is an absolutely, oh, and and not to speak about the sheer amount of customization. You know how like in, in like, I don't know if you play a lot of looter shooters, um, but um, looter shooters will typically, that one. pardon, sorry. I think I answered that one to start yeah. with. <laughs> well, no, like, like previous looter shooters, like I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of it all, but like there typically will be a meta right? There'll be like some sort of meta, like some sort of like gear set that everybody runs, right? Like if you're going into a raid, yeah. you know, like, wow, wow, I had a meta, right? And and so the thing though is, is there's never been a meta for the Division 2, which is just, it actually speaks to the sheer degree of quality that they put in the game. Like like somebody will be like, oh, I'm running a Pestilence build or somebody like, I'm running an armor build or somebody running a build. Like people run their builds off of singular guns in this game. Oh. Which is so there are amazing. One of the things about gaming that's always caught me is strange, right? So when I was younger, I wanted to make games. Not the first or last programmer to do that. Um, the problem with that for us is Diablo came along, 
and Emperor of the Fading Suns came along. And just one game after another came a fallout. You know, games came out, we just kept wanting to play the games, and it got harder and harder to spend the time making them, which was the point I realized that I enjoyed the games. I didn't want to make them for a living. And there's so much passion. It's an industry. Like, let me be fair. Okay, I can these uh these gotcha games, but some of the artwork, some of the stuff is just cheesy, but some of these games really have beautiful artwork. The design of many of the cosmetics is they're clearly hiring good artists who are doing good jobs. You know, the, the game designers, I don't believe that very many people get into game design. It doesn't pay as well as almost any other programming job. So if you're if you're going to make money in the industry, you don't do it working for game companies. It's, it's a you're taking a hit on, on revenue. You're doing it because you love it. Right. And I'm sure that there's many people sitting in these AAA studios that groan every single time somebody sticks the monetization feature on and they just have to go in front of their friends with their head held low going, I'm a game developer. I'm sorry I ever in the industry. Like, I'm, I'm sure that happens. And I suspect a lot of independent game design is coming out of people that just want to get back to the roots of the thing, right? And it sounds to me, and this is this is an external perspective, that you have a game you love, that you 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 find is beautiful, that you enjoy, that you're very, very proud of and you and you like to play. And you're kind of stuck in the situation where you see little glimpses of maybe they're going to come up with a good game, but you also see the clear strategy that's really defined the last couple of years, where now that they've had a successful game, now they're going to create a mobile version of it. It's happened to Diablo, it's happened to Fallout, it's happened to just about everything, right? And you know you have all these companies that have produced all these good IP, and they just realize that the next thing to do is to monetize it with the free to play, which is I've said before, free to play is hold your wallet real tight and try not to, <laughs> to get robbed, right? It, because these games are not free; they're they're anything but free, and and you know they they're built by people who. Yeah, they got people that have evaluated psychologically how to get you to how to get you to spend money, how to how to like it's all traps. Even the very definition of free, that is a lie intended to get you to try. Well, something what is you uh, what is something for. that Papa Alex always tells me? It's like if it's free, you're the product. <laughs> yeah, you're the product. Like you, they they've they have determined essentially that they'll make more money. Getting so a certain people. percentage of, yeah, getting a certain number of people to way overspend, right? That's that's well, how you, you know do this. I'll go this direction with it, you know, in the sense of like, if 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 this is to fund, because I think this is the crux. They could be saying, it could be very much like we're pumping out these games to give you everybody like hefty bonuses, right? That could be the name of the game here. However, I want to. I promise you, they're not giving bonuses to those people who make <laughs> those kind of games. Yeah, but I mean, they, they get some money, but that's that, that you're not doing it for the bonuses. No, but like so, so because they're going to get a lot more money, right? Than than they probably would have got from the division two, right? They're yeah. going to get a lot of money, and you know, asking ourselves the question: Where is like where is that right? The crux of the conversation was: Where is this money going? Right? This they're going to generate this money. Where is this money going? It could go back into the game, like to uh, to Homeland or uh, what was it? Homeland? It could go back into Heartland or Resurgence, right? It could go back to those games and, and do whatever, have you not. Or it could be, and this is where I think the climax of my point is going to be made here, in the sense of what if they take some of that money and put it towards their true passion project being... The division two, right? I know that sounds like a very overtly, maybe even naive perspective, but I'm like, what if, right? Or even better yet, if they kind of were like, okay, we want to make the division three. Like, like if there, I was at a board meeting, there, I, lo I love, I love your optimism. Thanks. I, I do. It, it so. <laughs> <laughs> this this is another one of those old man moments. Lex right? is it, like this dumb kid. <laughs> no, it, it, look, I that does occasionally. What a fruitcake! Right? But. Okay. <laughs> One, the first rule of making money <laughs> is to make sure that you don't give it to any of the other people you're working with, right? I mean, so there are some people that honestly believe that like getting to know rich people is the path to wealth. It getting them, yeah, rich people will make you rich, 
but not because they not for any other reason than the fact that you're going to make them richer. That's the only reason they're going to give you money, right? Rich people don't stay rich spending lots of money. Now, of course, there's always that young kid that just goes to the fancy place and spends a thousand dollars on the tip and all those kind of stories, right? But really wealthy people invest and they invest intelligently and they invest where the money is. And any AAA publisher is in it for the money and is the strategies reflect the desire to make more money with the goal of making even more money on top of that. These are business strategies. These are not passion projects. These are not labors of love. These are business propositions. And when they take the money, they're going to put it into where they think they're going to get more money. And that's not going to be in your little passion project. Now they might, <laughs> They might do it if they think there's a market there. Like, I'm not saying it's completely impossible yeah. because there are going to be some people, right? The reality is, is if there's money to be made, if they, they'll make it if they think that the best use of their money is to capture that market. And they may just decide, you know what? There's only so much money we can get out of all our little gotcha projects. We need to we need to maybe make some actual IP that can build these things and they might put some money into it. And, and so I, I'm not saying it's impossible that they're going to come up with the division two, it's just as a simple, they're going to sell enough of it to make money. So they're going to make it right. But let's not kid ourselves. They're, they're going to go first and foremost for the products that make money because that's the business they're in. One of the reasons why indie devs are the way they are is because they're generally small shops that choose to make a game because they enjoy the process of the game. And they don't have as many resources, they don't have as many tools, but they also are doing it because they care about it. And to me, it's the same as you, you go to a farmer's market. I don't know if they have, do they have farmer's market kind of stuff yes. in Canada. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just, I, I gotta ask, dude. I've never seen, I, I, I've never seen a farmer's market on any Canadian television show. So I just don't know. Right. But, but the thing is, we should just like, do a podcast dedicated to me and you just asking questions about our respective countries. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Do they have houses I, in Canada? <laughs> I buy my leather belts from farmers markets and craft fairs because they're made by individuals who make belts that last 20 years. I've had two belts in a very long time. Anytime I bought a store belt, it wore out, right? But you go somewhere with someone who wants to make the thing well, makes it and you buy it from them. And those things exist. And that's that market's still there. There's going to be plenty of indie games. Here's a nice thing, right? And this is what I'll say to you. If Division 2 is not made, or Division 3 is not made, Division three, yeah. th there will be somebody out there that will make a product of the same type that you will love. Thanks. It's going to be you, I, mean, I I'm actually very... Here's the funny thing. I'm so optimistic about this industry. I hate what is happening in this part of it with all this crazy stuff. And we'll talk about some of it in my topic. If you look past the outright greed and just money, 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 game production, the monetization of everything and all that stuff, you get past that. There's so many beautiful, wonderfully made games made by studios of people that want to make games and that you just, you've got to support them, right? The, the challenge is, is that when those games come out, you support them. So I'm not actually worried about, you know, well, if, if there'll be another game of the type you love, and it I might be a different IP, but it'll be there. And I think the big thing too, funny enough to even go further with that to some degree is the idea that, um, you know, <laughs> it's funny to say this, but I mean, you know, as AAA developers mess up and screw up and, and, and do bad things, it will inspire more smart developers, like indie developers to like, instead of like, instead of getting a desk job at like an, like a AAA studio, they might go and found their own thing, right? And, and do their own thing. And even further to the point, it could go even a step further and say like, and we, we've seen this, right? We've seen this time and time again, whereby, you know, you have a AAA developer and then you have a group of people within that company that are like, screw this, we're going to go make our own company. And they make something amazing, right? And so and, and, yeah. it's I funny totally to say this, that. that it's funny to say this, and this might be an interesting perspective that, you know, AAA companies 
as much as we often kind of maybe bash them or say like, oh, they're a detriment to the game industry, funny enough, they sometimes are a positive, right? In the sense that they sort of maybe push the envelope, develop new technologies. And I mean, there is something, I know you spoke about this before, but there is something to be said about, because I know it, and I know like it, wherever software exists, this exists, the sense of like open source stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the Unreal Engine, right? The Unreal Engine is proof of concept that you can have something very, very open to the public, a, a tool that now people can use and prosper off of, right? And so, and, and that has been large in part developed and funded by AAA title companies pumping pumping things out and, and encouraging their employees to to innovate and come up with new things. You know, right? I I've, I played Magic the Gathering when it came out. I'm switching topics, but I played it when it came out as a card game. And and you know it, the ideas behind Magic the Gathering have got heavy monetization. In fact, it'll be relevant to the next topic. But Magic the Gathering still exists. It spawned many, many competitors. And I would say for three to five years, there was a real dearth of major American publishers trying to do anything other than that strategy. Because Wizards of the Coast made so much money off that game so quickly that it became obvious. I'll never forget, I had a conversation with uh, years ago with Darwin Bromley, who who ran Mayfair, a game, so it's a game company. And he was talking about how it just became, they had to do this. They knew that they were not going to survive if they didn't try to make Magic the Gathering type games. That was what the, all the rage was. That was where all the money was. They went and did it. The interesting thing is, is that it was a little rough for a couple years. I, I remember I would go to gaming groups and we would, we would literally have to bring games in from Germany and I'd have to play with translations in English. Like Settlers, my version of Settlers of Catan is the German version. I can't even say it, like DC von Catan. Like I, I don't even know the correct, correct pronunciation. But like I have a German version of Catan. And because that's what was available at the time, other than the, the American, they just, they, the American version was crap. But the point, or looked like crap. The point was that it was bad for a while. And it was. Three to five years, it was terrible. But in the middle of that, Gaming groups, like I sat down in a gaming group, and I'll never forget sitting with Scott Alden when he decided he showed I've got a, I've got a website. I'm, I, I got this board game geek website that I want to make, and I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. And he and we're sitting there, and it's this little server. And like five years later, everything to the point now where board game geek reviews are actually published on the back of games. And you can go to Target and you can buy more games than you've ever been able to buy since I was a kid. Higher quality. You can even get them at Walmart. And that's scary. The, the actual high quality games being store, sold in regular stores. And then of course, you go to all kinds of places. It's never been better in the board gaming sector, even though there was a period in which everybody out there was going for the money. Where that was what all the players were doing. That's, that's the only thing that was going on. Now, that was where all the money was was going into. And yes, Magic the Gathering is still popular. It's still something people do. And I, I've learned to live with the fact that it's going to be part of, you go to a board game store today, and it's kind of sad. You go to a board game store, and they got these wonderful board games. But over in the corners, like 30 sweaty guys in their early 20s who've forgotten that, you know, don't get addicted. And they, they addictively play this game for a little while. And then eventually they move on. And when they move on, some of them actually come in to play games. Now, I don't know if this allegory is going to directly follow, but I feel like we're in that same place today with games where the industry has found this massive tap of revenue and said, we've got to chase it. And all the big players have got to chase it and they don't have any choices and their investors are requiring it and people are spending all their money on it. And it it does create a brush fire. It's going to brush fire the AAA productions. It's probably going to damage a lot of the best IPs. And that's going to happen. And then once that brush fire is wiped out the AAA production quality, and everybody goes, that stuff sucks. The simple fact of the matter is, is that players still want good games. And there will still be people that make them. That's the number one optimism I have about this industry. Is yes, the money players are going to chase the money. And they're going to monetize these things to death. But as long as there are people that want to play games, there are going to be people that create those games for them. And the fact that the industry is now big actually helps. 
the one thing all these large games do is they turn the industry into something that's no longer quite as disreputable. You know, I've, I played computer games in the eighties. You want to talk about like the thing you didn't talk about at school. You didn't, you didn't admit you played Mm -hmm. games in the eighties. Like that was, you know, you're not playing out playing football and baseball and all that stuff. Who are you? Right. And they're like, Oh, it's like, I'm already a nerd. It doesn't matter. Right. But there was a, but now the strangest thing to me is seeing my son who is the least nerdy kid you could ever meet who plays games as passionately as I do. So in, in many ways we are in so much better shape. So yes, there are problems. And I, and I guess that's what I would, you know, kind of way off topic, but the thing about the division three is even if they don't make division three, that you want a successful game, like the one you love will inspire someone to produce the game you love. The idea will not die and you will see more like it. Yeah. No, fair enough. I mean, you're right. And I mean, who knows when that time will come. And I mean, next week's topic might touch on that a little bit. <laughs> Spoiler alert for next uh, next week's content. Yeah, I look I look forward to it. Sorry. I've, I think I've totally derailed this one, but it, no, it's No, you're good. It it cuz the problem is is I you know it doesn't sound and maybe it's finishing. It doesn't seem like they've really set a date for producing it. Yeah. And you're kind of you're wanting it and they've hinted some things, but they haven't actually said they're going to make it. Mhm. Yep. Nope. So, let's I'll finish on the following thing cuz I know you got your topic. Do you think they'll make a division three that you want to make? Do you think you're going to see it? <sighs> That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be tough to say it was, it was a shock. I thought division two was all but dead, you know, and it was shocked to see that the division two came back in this kind of wacky sort of twist of events. Like you don't, well, maybe you do, but <laughs> not in the same sense you might think. You don't really resurrect um, a dead game, right? And I mean, not a di- Division 2 was dead not for all the wrong reasons, but actually for maybe, I dare say, all the right reasons, whereby it was very successful, right? And it came up with some very successful DLCs, and I think most people were like, all right, we're done. Good good job, guys. Like, we, we did it. Like, you, you did a good game. We played the game. We enjoyed it. We got our money's worth. We're, move, we're moving on, right? And I think, that's, I think that's one of the biggest issues in the game industry today is, like, people just don't know when to move on, right? And so it's weird that we're seeing these string of updates now come about and then these new two games. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Like, are we making the Division 3? Or you're right, is... Or is something something else going to come out of this, right? So, yeah. No, 